Episode 46, 10th July 2011. A new book about Yuri Gagarin's visit to Britain. Hello and welcome to AstroTalk UK. ATUK is a not-for-profit amateur astronomy podcast produced by me, Gurubir Singh, an amateur astronomer based in the UK. For more information, see the About and FAQ pages at www.astrotalkuk.org. On his first visit outside the Eastern Bloc, Yuri Gagarin arrived in London for a five-day visit on Tuesday, July the 11th, 1961. He was greeted with a tumultuous and sincere warm welcome wherever he went, including his meetings with the Prime Minister and the Queen. The British government juggled with acknowledging Gagarin's personal courage and the Soviet Union's historic technological achievement, whilst assuring its allies, USA, France and West Germany, that the visit would not be exploited exclusively as a communist propaganda opportunity. When the Manchester-based Amalgamated Union of Foundry Workers discovered that Gagarin had trained as a foundry worker, they invited him to join their union as a honorary member. He came to Manchester on the 12th of July and visited the union office, Metrovic's plant in Trafford Park and the city's town hall before flying back to London six hours later. During the late 70s, I had lived near this union office and only discovered in 2010 that Gagarin had actually been there. I looked but failed to find any books on the subject, so I decided to write one. It's called Yuri Gagarin in London and Manchester, and attempts to fill in a small bit of the Gagarin story. The first and last chapters describe Gagarin's flight, some of the key individuals involved, the air crash that claimed his life in 1968, and his personal impact as an advocate for peace during the Cold War. In the remaining chapter, chapters 2 to 7, I document the background to his invitation to Britain and the details of where he went and who he met. Some of those recollections are the subject of this episode. It includes clips from Captain Eric Brown and Reg Turnell, longer versions of which are available on episodes 40 and 41. My thanks to those who contributed to this episode. Reg Turnell, Dame Kathleen Ollerenshaw, Brenda Knowles, Marjorie Rose, Stanley Nelson, Captain Eric Brown and Stanislava Sajewicz. Link to the video version of this recording, along with a link for a free download of Chapter 2, see www.astrotalkuk.org. Well, it was the most phony press conference I've ever attended. And um, although I put the best gloss on it possible at the time, um, it was a really unpleasant experience uh, because um, they gave me a visa in London quickly enough to go to Moscow. And you must remember the Cold War was at its height, mm. the really unpleasant atmosphere between the West and the Soviet Union. We called them the Soviets those days, uh-huh. not the Russians. So finally we got to the questions and there was this... Uh, bright young man, a very, uh, I mean, very impressive. I was always uh, very impressed with um, Yuri Gagarin. 
a very smart young man. Uh-huh. In fact, he was picked, of course, because although they'd, uh, they'd selected over 20 cosmonauts and trained, mm-hmm. he was obviously the brightest, most okay. self-assured, and yet he wasn't vain or arrogant. He was a rare human being. Did you land inside the Vostok spacecraft or eject and descend on a parachute, you see? Uh, as I said, this is, this, we desperately wanted to know the answer. Uh, and um, it was a very important answer for the Soviets um, because they wanted to claim this as a, an aeronautical, international aeronautical record. And to claim this as a record, uh, the pilot had to be in the spacecraft for launch and landing. Mm-hmm. So that was a secondary reason we wanted to know. And the answer he gave us to us, he was, he was pulled down by academician Blagonrovov, who was sitting in the chair, and he whispered in his ear uh, before he answered. And um, then... Uh, Yuri uh, stood up straight and smiled and looked at the audience and uh, the answer that we got was whichever way it was you can see it was successful there was a roar of laughter and this set the tone for the whole thing I took my son Charles our son then uh, was nine and he didn't, he was a bit reluctant for me driving him. And a little, and Florence was five. And I said, come on. Well, <laughs> the first ever, they'd sent a dog up the year before, Lolita right. or something, and the like dog her. had come back safely. Mm-hmm. And we went to the corner of Baltimore Road and stood there, and they were a bit late in coming down, right. coming down from Ringway, uh-huh. you see. And... Uh, uh, Charles was a bit impatient. Uh, Florence was a little guy. I said, now look, look, look. And he was in this car being brought from the airport to the town hall. I said, there is somebody that the first human being ever has got away from the earth. From the corner. And I rushed back from the corner there, uh-huh. holding one and the other. Very and I was still the right. very smart. But my memory, as he came, I'd only, and I rushed back home here, left the two children in the the house, leapt into my car, as I did, you see, Uh and went down the the road as fast as ever I could drive so (laughs) that I wouldn't late to get into the town hall. Uh Got into the town hall and was up the stairs standing in the bees and that was, (coughs) I can remember it so, so well. Uh And I'd only just got myself there with various city councillors standing in a ring. Here he is, they said. And he came around uh, and said, how do you do? But I remember looking at this young man and saying, you know what I said, I didn't say how do you do or anything like that. But I just said, wonderful. It was the only word I can remember hearing myself. People thought it was mad, you know what I mean? You don't normally do that. All I said um, was oh, wonderful. Someone came into the office and said, oh, um, Gogarin's coming, he's coming. So um, the boss said, oh, we'll all go to the front of the window, you know, the front uh-huh. of the building, uh-huh. and look out of the windows. 
so you can wave to him. So people were cheering and clapping, so we, you could hear the crowds before they actually turned into Printer Street. He was a very good-looking young man. He had a beautiful smile. Uh -huh. He was very relaxed, and he was waving to either side of the crowd. Uh -huh. Remember that sort of thing, you know. I do remember it was stopped, all the traffic. We didn't have this amount of traffic, but we did have traffic and that was stopped, you know, for him to come down, you know. Yeah. And, of course, he was just driving by, so after a few moments... And, uh... oh, it was over in a... It was over in a flash, really, but it was... It, we, we did see him. We, we physically could see him with his big hat and his lovely eyes, and he had a beautiful eyes. He was excited and, and, we, and you know, to see somebody, but to see somebody, for us in those days, to see somebody real that you'd read about and who'd done such a, it was just incredible. It was just incredible and it was such a lovely looking moment. I only found out on the, on the day that it was taking place and we were all in, I was on, still working in the drawing office on technical mobility, but I was introduced to him. Um, so quickly that it was, uh, well, I remember very little of it because it was just, hello, welcome to Trafford Park. He was whisked onto the, all I remember is smiling faces and big crowds and everybody thrilled to bits to see him. Did the whole factory stop working? Oh yeah, yeah, it was, he, he really was a star and, um, and they made a big fuss of him and I think it was good for publicity really it was good for the nation's publicity because it was in the middle of the Cold War and um, it just showed that the, the man in the street doesn't mind yeah. he doesn't get involved, the man in the street he just accepts people as they are and um, he was a nice little man very pleasant I remember it being a very joyful day Gagarin was in civilian clothes, he was not in uniform, and um, my first impressions of him were he was a very simple citizen. Uh, I thought he was the type that would have been a Russian farmer or something of the sort. He was certainly very unsophisticated, and he was stockily built. And uh, quite like me, quite um, small, and uh, except he was a bigger, stockier build. And um, altogether, I found him a rather delightful person, actually. What were your main sensations during this flight? And he said, well, it was one initially of tremendous noise and acceleration on the liftoff. And he said, this was all very shattering, but suddenly it all went, went, as we went into orbit, it changed to quite serene peace. And um, he said, peace and quiet in orbit, and also with a little sensation of speed. He said, I just felt I was sitting there drifting round. And um, I said, 
Then we continued on. I, I said, did you have any problem with either re-entry or the bailout? And he said, um, the bailout and the landing procedure. And he said, no, I didn't, but um, he said the heat on re-entry uh, didn't frighten me, but it, um, I was very conscious of it, very conscious of it. And he said, I was very grateful um, after, you see, they had to come down so far and then bail out of the, the spacecraft and land by parachute. Did he actually say that to you? That yes. He did bail out? Yes, because yeah. he could see that there weren't any newspaper men or yes. TV cameras, so he perhaps was a bit freer to, to speak yes. than he otherwise would have been. Well, I, I had a feeling, as test pilots, we had quite a rapport, the two of us. Oh, I see. Uh, and he, he actually looked as if he was enjoying, right. not, not um, you know, perfest and um, yeah. thinking, oh God, I've got to go through all this yeah. and whatnot. And I, the, finally I said to him, um, what was your main feeling in having achieved such a historic flight in space? And uh, he thought a bit about this, and then he said, these were his actual words, I feel proud, when as translated, I feel proud to show the world that Russia is leading the race in space technology. From the, from, the, uh, from the car, um, he looked around, you know, very pleasant, very, very, very handsome man, uh -huh. beautiful face and uh, complexion. That's what I noticed first. Yes. Now, you, you speak Russian. When Yuri Gagarin was there, you were very close by. Yeah. You must have wanted to speak to him. I wanted, I was too shy. <laughs> <laughs> I was really shy. And, and um, on the other uh, he was he was a Russian. Oh, definitely. And bearing in mind the experiences that you had at the hands of the Russian people many years earlier, did do you feel any any negative feelings at all? No, because uh, I wasn't. I never criticized the Russian uh, Russian people. The Russian people are fantastic people. Though, if they have. A slice of bread, and you've been and you've been hungry, and he was hungry. He would, without thinking, he would just cut in half, well, half for you, half for me. They were that kind of people. If you were cold, they would take the the cold from that you get warm. But these were the same people who helped split up your family. They imprisoned you. Oh, those the people were the government people. You see, it's two kind of people. Right. Russian people are very, very uh, uh, warm people mm -hmm. because they must have gone through what, the, what we gone through times after times after times. Mm 